Welcome to the Fordham IPLJ podcast with your online editor, Anthony Zangrillo. Today I'm here with staff member, Leanne Varsi. And we're going to be talking about different legal topics within the games industry. One of the most prevalent things recently has been false advertising claims. And one of the biggest ones that I've noticed was No Man's Sky. So do you know about this game? Yeah, that's basically been everywhere on the internet, particularly on Reddit. People just won't stop complaining about it. Now, were you highly anticipating this game or not? Actually, no, I I wasn't. Uh, I'm more of a space opera kind of person, more towards RPGs and stuff, and this is more open world, so it just didn't appeal to me. But it... Once it basically came across all the headlines, you just can't avoid it. Um, so basically for our listeners that don't know about this game, it was a game Sony was heavily featuring at a lot of their conferences, like during E3 and I think uh, wherever that thing they do, the PlayStation Experience. And it almost seemed like a very sprawling, procedurally generated adventure that every single time you go to this new planet in space, it's going to be a whole new different experience. And you could like interact with other players and basically make your own mark in the universe kind of thing. It's funny you're talking about that you like the space opera genre. Mm-hmm. It looked like it would be a space opera light kind of thing because you're really in space exploring it, but yeah. it's not going to be like the uh, intense theatrical moments. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I meant more as like I'm more of a character-based kind of person, but in any case, people weren't happy about it either way. Um and one of the main reasons they weren't happy about it was because it's not true. Everything they were talking about, everything they were promising people didn't happen. Yeah. So it got a rash of negative reviews. And then a lot of things that people were seeing is you can't actually meet other players. That was one of the biggest things. It's also basically the entire Steam page for the game is just completely full of fabrications. Like if you look at the mm-hmm. screenshots, the graphics aren't the same. I think also like the planetary life it looks much bigger in screenshots than it does in the actual game itself. Yes. Um, everything from like the details in the sky to basically ga- gameplay features like the planetary physics and the fleets of ships and NPCs, they're just not as advertised. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, it's actually not the first time this has happened. Um, there was recently, a couple of years back, I believe it was 2013, uh, Gearbox uh, released Aliens Colonel Marines yes. and that in that particular game um, what was it uh, now that was that was before the recent Alien game that came out yeah that was before yes. the recent Alien game no everybody loved the new one <laughs> yeah the new one was really interesting it was like it really put you in the movie yeah Aliens Colonel Marines I remember came out with like very negative reviews kind of like your by the books shooter mm-hmm. third person shooter kind of thing yeah so you were saying there was litigation about like the graphics? It was about the graphics, I believe the frame rate. Um, there was actually a class action lawsuit that was filed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were seeking damages because people felt duped by the gameplay demos because they showed better gameplay than the actual game. Uh, the lawsuit eventually didn't go through. Um, what you call it, Gearbox basically won the fight and they were dropped from the suit. Um, they, they managed to successfully argue that they were just a contractor and like Sega had the final say on everything. Oh, okay. And it was also the fact that um, the, like, the people that were suing didn't successfully say what kind of class of people they were. They were intending to include all U.S. purchasers of the game 
and they didn't actually try to limit like the class of people suing to just the people who would have seen the misleading ad. Uh, oh, that's very problematic because yeah. you don't have an actual harm exactly. there because they're just taking advantage of the situation. Precisely. So what's your opinion on this whole state that like you, if you have, let's say in this situation, you have actual gameplay, which I think was the same case with No Man's Sky, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, with the demos yeah. that he was doing at PlayStation Experience, and it doesn't show up in the final game. This takes me back to our first episode about the misleading movie trailers. You basically have the same thing, just in a different industry. Honestly, I think it really depends. I mean, you've got different sort of variations of lying trailers, if you want to call them that. You've got like um, certain pre-rendered ones where it's so obvious to a person that this is like a cinematic trailer and it's, it's not supposed to be representative of the actual gameplay. But you've got others where, for example, if it's an FPS and the game trailer is shot from like the perspective of the first person player character and you can like see the gun being held in your point of view and everything, where I feel that could mislead consumers. Mm -hmm. um, I think what actually, um, I don't know if you've heard of the comic Penny Arcade. No, but I actually, it's really big webcomic. Uh, I think even the creators of it are listed as like one of Time's most important people of the 21st century. What? Yeah. Right next to me, right? Right, right, right. right. Podcast, yeah, right like, next to most you. Most influential people. I think Trump's on that list or something. But... Hitler might also have been on that list. All right. <laughs> Not relevant. Um, in any case, uh, they coined the term bullshot, which is basically the practice of doctoring a video game screenshot to make it look better than the game actually is. And oh, you'll see that wow. everywhere. I mean, it was so it's like a Kim Kardashian move in game industry. Yeah, they're basically. Is that what this is? Yeah, and, and like it's, it up and it's, all that it's stuff. a whole industry because I mean, you get you actually you specifically hire people to sort of round out the polygons and stuff and increase the resolution of photos and. That's exactly what Kim Kardashian is doing. Yeah. rounding out the polygons. <laughs> That's literally like the definition. She goes on Snapchat like I'm rounding out the polygons, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, sure. If you want to go with that. This is not an ad. Okay. Just so everyone knows. All right. Kim Kardashian does not endorse this podcast. <laughs> there is no Kim Kardashian endorsements to be had. You know what? We keep uh, the integrity of our podcast here when we're talking about our video games. Kim Kardashian has a lot of integrity. Uh, just for the audience doesn't know out there. You know what? You could add me on PS4. My name is uh, Big Z93. That's that's what I used to go before the podcast days. As Big Z. Uh, I'm the paint as a center on the basketball teams. So sometimes I'll play an NBA 2K sometimes, so that's what happens. You, you can't see me, but I'm holding my head over here, okay? You can't, you can't see her because she's John Cena, but... <laughs> oh, no. And because this is pod radio and this podcast, as I always try and explain to people that come on. <laughs> but, so how do you think we can fix this situation? Do you think, let's say, with the No Man's Sky lawsuit, <laughs> is it frivolous or should it go through? I think should it, it should be a class action? I think it should go through, but it really, it won't. Um, like, the problem with the industry currently is that we have this definition of the reasonable consumer and whether they'd be misled by the ad. And as it is currently, the judges are seeing it as um, the reasonable consumer at this point. They're really cynical. They know whatever they're going to see on TV isn't going to be the final product. Nobody, no reasonable person is sort of going to believe what they see on TV is what they're going to have in their hands whenever the game is actually released. Um, honestly, the only way to sort of fix this situation is if we just go by a def different definition of what the reasonable consumer is. Is this point. good? Because you're saying that because we haven't policed it to this point, hmm? people just accept. Like, that's, that's, that's what's going to be. What you see, you can't believe it. Mm -hmm. Because, I, like, 
I would say this. When you're talking about theatrical trailer, like Aliens, mm-hmm. Marines, is, I understand that totally, where it's like, let's say you only had cut scenes in the trailers. I don't know if they did this, mm-hmm. but I know some games, they feature the cut scenes more than actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have now, I'm not sure if it's legally mandated, those little things in the bottom, this is actual gameplay or this is not actual gameplay mm-hmm. kind of idea. And that's a good thing if it was mandated, that if it's not gameplay, you need to tell people mm-hmm. so they're not misled. No Man's Sky, he is actually playing it in front of people. So it's gameplay, mm-hmm. you know, at the conferences. And then he's making statements on maybe possibly plans. And that's another thing where, how do updates play in all this? Because what if the plan is he's going to bring it? So Pokemon Go mm-hmm. is a great example. Mm-hmm. They said originally when they announced it, at one of the Nintendo conferences, mm-hmm. it's going to have trading. Mm-hmm. It's going to be actual battles, mm-hmm. not whatever the state is that we have now. Mm-hmm. Does that mean, like, it's okay if it comes later on in an update? Because that's a free game, so it is a little bit different. But it is a little bit misleading. There is no trading right now. No, I really don't think it should basically count if you're just going to add it later. Um, whenever you add, whenever you say, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to release the game, and this is what's going to be in the final product, you expect it to be in there once it's out the door, not... You don't want to wait, like, what, up to a week or to a month for a patch that may or may not add the features that you paid up front for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, though, that you mentioned that... Because you know every every game that comes out has a day one patch. Nothing is from the beginning. Yeah, these, at least that's, yeah, that's the case with most games now, unfortunately. And, yeah, the, like, the problem is that people are... Because of this definition we have of the reasonable consumer and because this is such an accepted practice now, this is just going to continue. You were saying there was a similar issue with Mass Effect 3, right? Yeah, actually, there was. Um, And it's interesting, but uh, unlike um, No Man's Sky and Aliens Colonel Marines, uh, Mass Effect claim dealt more with the narrative, actually, and how that was falsely advertised. Um, for those of you that don't know, there was a while back, several years ago, uh, Mass Effect 3 was released, and it was really, really, really hyped at the time. Really hyped? Really, yes, yeah, super hyped. I mean, because not, nothing on this scale had sort of been done with games before. It was like the conclusion to a trilogy, and each game sort of built up on the choices of the games before. Um, and it was going to be the, like this... It was advertised that it was going to be this big culmination of all your choices and everybody would sort of have a different outcome based on the choices they made across each of these three games. In the end, um, spoiler alert, that's not happened. You had like three different endings and that's it. Like the only thing that was different was the color of the explosion that killed everybody at the end of the game. And naturally, people were kind of peeved about that. Um, But I mean, technically, you're following... Like, they're coming through with their promise, technically. <laughs> it is a culmination of your choices because it is different. Is it the difference that you want? No. But is it legally actionable? Definitely not, in my opinion. Well, the Advertising Standards Authority in the UK did actually agree with you. Um... <laughs> well, that's because they're in the UK. That's uh, why. Uh-huh. <laughs> that might have been it. Um, when Anne it... is an LLM student, so that's why she's obviously bringing this perspective in. <laughs> Well, for the record, actually, it's the ASA as well that's going to be dealing with the No Man's Sky claim. So this is super relevant then. Um, They basically decided that players' choices in the game, although they didn't, like you said, influence the outcome to the extent people thought they would, they did influence the outcome. Um, 
And although like like and because of that there were at least variations in the ending, even if they were minor, um, those were directly impacted by choices players made earlier. So basically, Bioware, the creators of Mass Effect, did fulfill their promises and that they made during the ad campaign. Although, uh, something I did find interesting, this was never really brought up much, but they specifically said early on that if you were going to play the game, you could achieve the best ending by simply by playing the single player of the, mo- of the mode of the game alone and you wouldn't have to delve into the multiplayer aspects or anything. Mm-hmm. When the game was actually released, that wasn't true. You could only get the best ending if you participated in the multiplayer. This was later quietly... Well, you fig- could get an ending. You, you could you could best. get an ending. No, but they did specify during the the, during the ad that you could get the best ending through the single player mode. They did quietly sort of patch this problem over in a later uh, yeah patch. Basically, um, I've always wondered whether that was because uh, one of the lawyers pointed out that uh, you, they could get in trouble for this. But no, I don't know. Do you feel this is also problematic? Of basically, the ad campaigns in the industry that maybe more should follow something like Fallout Four and just release it. Because it looks like here, mm-hmm. he got in trouble for making a promise that he didn't even know he made, or something like that. Because that sounds odd, to say, like, oh yeah, you get the best ending even by not doing that. I mean, how many times look at, like, trophies? Mm-hmm. How many times do they have online portions in the trophies, and people get mad about it, because they don't want to play multiplayer, or it's... something like that. We play multiplayer, mm-hmm. but some people don't want to play multiplayer out there. They don't yeah. have friends. <laughs> That's what it is. Don't make fun of all the hermits. These are the people that are listening to our podcast. This is true. <laughs> Listen, all ten of you, I'm very grateful. <sighs> no, um... I would never attack my fans, my adoring public. <laughs> but uh, there was another one with that I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Now, this wasn't, a, this wasn't really a promise. It was just something that irked me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah? I'm a hermit playing this game. This is a single-player game. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be Batman. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I do at night usually. I'm yeah. like, I'm Batman. Uh-huh. Before I go to bed. But Never seen you and Batman in the same room yet. Of go course. Ahead. Spider-Man's there too. But when you have Arkham Knight, right? I like the game. I know a lot of people forget about the tank mode. We're mm-hmm. not going to talk about the Batmobile tank mode. Mm-hmm. But they have this character, the Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. And it's a new character. And they made a promise that it it's not whoever's behind the mask is not anyone that we've seen before. It's not, it's a new character. It's something totally new to the Arkham universe. Yet, I'm going to spoil it. We love spoiling games in this podcast. It's really Robin Red Hood. You know, so, it's that's Tim Drake, I believe. Uh, wait, for the record, Red Hood had appeared in the, this particular Arkham game universe? Now, this is universe. very interesting. Yeah. He's never appeared in those two games. He was a pre-order bonus on Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. So, most people, even though I guess it's an epilogue mission, mm-hmm. have played that mission before playing the game. Mm-hmm. It's one of the map packs. Mm-hmm. It has no impact on the story. It's Red Hood going after Black Mask. Mm-hmm. So you could believe it could happen after mm-hmm. the events of the thing. But they said it was somebody that was never in the comics. Mm-hmm. Now, Arkham Knight technically was never in the comics. But if Red Hood is Arkham Knight, what happens to that statement? Mm-hmm. I think it was a pure... J.J. Abrams, you know, he's not a part of this, but mm-hmm. when J.J. Abrams said... Khan. Uh, with Khan. Yeah. In, uh, what was that? It was... Into Darkness. Into Darkness, yeah. So he said, oh, that's not Khan. Mm-hmm. And he just blatantly lied because mm-hmm. he didn't want to ruin the movie. Mm-hmm. I understand. And maybe that's what it was. They didn't want to ruin the game. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest negative because I always tell people, Arkham Knight doesn't have a good story. It's how they tell the story. It's the presentation of the story, mm-hmm. which I think is immaculate. 
You mm-hmm. can't tell a story better. Mm-hmm. The way they do it where, like, randomly you'll turn a corner and, like, something happens. Mm-hmm. Like, in-game. You're just thrust right in. You're still playing the game while the cutscenes and stories are happening. You can move around mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is something I think more games should strive to do. Mm. But is there an element of false advertising there? A little bit. I don't think anyone specifically bought the game because Arkham Knight was a new character. That's true. If anything, they probably would have got more sales if they would have said, oh, it's Robin. It's Batman again. Oh, yeah, true, Robin. Well, everybody just wants to be Batman. Mm. Yeah. Got to play that game. Oh, no, I, yeah. I played the first one. I didn't follow up after that. Arkham Asylum is very good. <laughs> It was, it was. So another interesting topic within the games industry is fan games. So sometimes you have these fans that basically want to cut themselves into the industry, these developers, right? And I think they see a way the back door almost of free riding on certain brands. Well, at the same time, you could make the argument they just want to expand the stories that they love so much. But... I think it's undoubtedly true they're violating like trademark law and even copyright law when they do these certain things. Yeah, no, well, there's no argument there. They definitely are violating copyright law a lot of the time. Um, I think majority of the time, like, if they're not making money off of it, these are generally just, like, passion projects. I mean... Just giving it out for free. Yeah. But here's the question. They got the reputation now. They have the reputation now. That That is true. Um... I know with regards to Pokemon, uh, Uranium, actually, there was yes. a game that was developed by fans, like, yeah, another passion project that was in the works for around nine years or so. And I think it was out for around a week when Nintendo sent the cease and desist letter and it basically got taken offline. Uh, at this point, in any case, like, the damage was done, if you want to call it damage. Um, everybody has down- that would want the game would have downloaded it at this point, or it's been downloaded and can be re-uploaded somewhere anywhere. I don't know if that's true, though. It could be re-uploaded. Yeah, yeah. Do you think everybody... Like, here's the thing. They definitely did not tap the entire Pokemon fan base. Like, everybody that downloaded Pokemon Go didn't download Uranium. Because I was impressed. I didn't download it, but I heard about it. They had 150 new specific Pokemon. Because usually when you see these fan games, it's just like, you could catch any Pokemon that's already out. Like, they didn't make new ones up for it. Um, I know that's how almost, like, Nintendo took that whole area. Because people were remaking the old ones on better graphics for the computers. And that's when I think they started releasing, like, Fire Red, you know, Heart Gold. Like, those, they saw there's a whole market that wants to play the games over again. Um... So how familiar are you with the Pokemon games? Uh, well, I played Pokemon Red and I played Pokemon Crystal and I've kept up with them. Crystal's sort of... a good one. Yeah. A... Uh, first time it introduced a female character. Yay! Is that true? Yeah, so yeah that was the first time it introduced a female player character. They coded it oh. into the uh, one of the first generation games, but they never actually went through so it. So it wasn't in Gold and Silver? Uh, no, not, not Gold and Silver, Oh, no. so Crystal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I remember... So I had, I had Red, mm-hmm. not Blue, mm-hmm. and then... Yellow, mm-hmm. yellow was broken for me. Oh. That it was like something you couldn't pick up something from the market. Oh, really? That's that's kind of odd. I couldn't get past the guy that like won't let you through unless you have the Pokeballs. You, you so, sure you weren't playing it wrong or something? No, everybody always says that. I swear, because mm-hmm. for like a month after I got this on Christmas, I couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. I bring it to like my friend who's older than me, and he's like, "Yeah, you just gotta restart. Mm-hmm. This game's busted." <laughs> and I was like, "That sucks." It's <laughs> really sad, actually, because Pokemon Yellow was supposed to. It was fix early it. on, though. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to fix all the problems with Red and Blue. Actually, that was the appeal of the game. Not in Pikachu. I mean, the appeal of the game was, what I remember, you could get all three starters, and you get Pikachu walking mm-hmm. around with you and all that stuff, uh-huh. uh, yeah. but 
then I mean I probably got every generation. I remember Crystal I liked a lot though. But uh, and also we got Sun and Moon coming out. Yeah. Those look very interesting. I'm gonna be picking up Moon, hopefully. I think I don't know yet which one. I will be picking up one, definitely. Mm. I want those Aloha? Aloha, yeah. I Pokemon. Think. I think that's how you call it. Yeah. It's like they have Vulpix is now Ice. Yeah, they they and basically. Is ice and a fairy. And I think also and Meowth is Meowth is dark or possible. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was possible to have ice and fairy nine tails. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting because that's also a sort of fan concept. You've got all the sort of fan art where people like swap around the um, the typings of the the three starters generally. Like, oh, what if like uh, Bulbasaur was fire or uh, Charizard was grass or whatever. So I think. Sort of Nintendo saw that and thought, oh, wow, people think this is cool. We should, like, give this a try. And they tried to sort of incorporate it into their games. That's interesting if that's the case. Mm-hmm. They usually they took, like, fan art and stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't but... use fan art, but, I mean, they saw the that people were churning out all of this art and they thought, wow, people, like, are really sort of into this. We know the real truth. Happens, but... <laughs> They're just turning Pokemon into Digimon. Oh. This is true. Uh, it's true. Digimon, well... you better bring, like, a copyright suit against them or something like that. Yeah. And, again, I don't think they really have that much original material, but... Well, people have been accusing them of copying Digimon since, I think, the last generation because of the Mega Evolutions. But, yes, yeah. oh, the Mega Evolutions. That Charizard is magnificent, the dark one. That, that is very good. But um, I would say I don't think Uranium... I mean, I guess there is a good argument that they could be taking away some of the sales from Sun and Moon. Maybe... Uranium's free, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't... Maybe I said it wrong whenever I said they're doing damage to them. I meant more along the lines of um, Nintendo isn't really trying to be a bad guy over here. They're just sort of trying to protect their game to the extent that they can say oh we made an effort to you know look after our rights or whatever i mean they took it down like i said sometime after it had been up long enough for it to have been downloaded it and to leave open the door to somebody else re-uploading it um yeah but um now there's another one right no mario sky yeah Making fun of, I guess, No Man's Sky while also making it a Mario game. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, I think you can say, is really in contention with mm-hmm. Nintendo's business model. Because they're starting all of these, like, mobile games and stuff like that. I could see this, and I don't know if it's No Mario Sky, but a game utilizing Mario. And it's like a runner, right? Or something like it's that. It's true, yeah. It's a platform, I believe. You definitely could have that. Because I, I believe people were able to use it. In mobile, like mm-hmm. not just on the laptop, right? Or was it just so? Like, I think you could use it in different places. I could definitely, even if it was just on the computer. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has this whole thing now that they're branching out outside of the console space. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good argument. This could be taking away something that they want to bridge the gap later on, right? Using the Mario brand. It's more along the lines of they. I, I don't know. I don't think they're being a bad guy here. I think they are just protecting their market. It, something like that. That's true. I did feel that the, um, what is it, the people that created it, uh, ASMB Games, they really had the right approach by rebranding it as, what is it, DMCA Sky? Yes. I mean, it seems like just a fun way to sort of, they get to keep their game, but they also get to sort of poke fun at the sort of the litigation happy nature of some game development company. You do seem to have a little bit of an attitude. Yeah. You know, you can't have the two. That's uh-huh. the problem. When no. you start bringing the attitude into this, start making it personal. <laughs> Because they are taking some shots everywhere. Uh, I, don't, I don't think... Um, it's very smart. I'm sure a lot of people are going, especially the social justice warriors, the different, uh, you know, as, as Trump calls them, the 400-pound hackers and stuff like that. They'll be downloading that immediately. 
and uh, you know, Mr. Robot, obviously, all hackers are very fat, as he mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's really interesting, the state of fan games is really ties in with our topic last week, which was on um, the different fan films that came out, and we came to the solution at the end that really they are violating the law. But if the content provider is happy with them and wants fans to express themselves, they just want to make different limits of what you can and can't do, that could be a good way of filling in like the gap within the law. This could be another place where you could do that, where you could say, well, maybe the game can't be of professional quality, that it's like actually interfering, it can only be something very bad or something like that. So let's say a great example is maybe No Man's Sky, No Mario Sky. I'm sure they had Mario Floppy Bird or something like that. Like, it's a low-quality kind of thing. And if Nintendo made one, I'm sure it would be high-quality, like, let's say, the Sonic Runner and mm. Sega, because they already entered that market completely mm. with the different mobile games. Because, guess what? There's no more good Sonic games coming out. That's true. Ever. <laughs> ever again. What? I heard, well, I wouldn't, I heard I wouldn't, trying, I wouldn't, but I don't, I don't know if I wouldn't say never again, never. but no... <laughs> My my actually I was a fan of Sonic Adventure too. Oh. I know people don't like that one, uh-huh. but I like that one. I, I like that one a lot. No, I don't know much about Sonic other than like Sonic one was it two thousand and six was a complete train wreck. Yeah, That's... oh that was yes. I didn't even buy it. I I watched the some of the clips from the movie. Uh-huh. That was it. But no, that was that was bad. I heard I heard I read so many reviews. I was just like, nope. Mm-hmm. They have silver, silver the hedgehog. Are you kidding me? Shadow is great. Although they had that game with Shadow where he had like had a gun. That was really weird. Yeah, you know. He was like fighting demons and stuff. That was like their 90s anti-hero phase. Yes, it was. It was. One thing I will say about them shutting down fan games, uh, I actually think it kind of helps. I mean, and don't make fun of me for this, all right? But there was... uh, I was talking about Sonic. I think I I can make fun of you. Well, no, because I'm going to talk about My Little Pony now. (laughs) In any case, there was... I guess I'm a brony. No. No. I'm not a Roni or a Pegasus or whatever. Pegasus. Yeah, Pegasus. Yeah, okay. I want to be a unicorn. No. <laughs> you can be whatever you want. You follow your dreams. Hey. But um, there was a fan game actually that was went in development called um, God Fighting is Magic, and it was actually if you look up the development on that, it was amazing. It was like a, sm- a really small team, but they it was a two D fighter, and uh, they must have really studied the animation and. They just went the extra mile, and it looked like an official game. And they even they went to the process of uh, getting people to audition who sounded similar to the characters. And even if you listen to the music for the game, um, it wasn't the same music as from the show, but somebody had like listened to the music and sort of studied it and just made theme songs that were inspired by the show and in the so- style of the show. In any case, um, Hasbro... Uh, sent a DM, was it a cease and desist notice yes. and took down the game. But um, they didn't, the developers of the game didn't actually stop. I mean, they stopped development of the game, but um, they managed to get in touch with the creator of the show or the character designs for the show. She had left the show at that point, uh, Lauren Faust. And um, she helped them like redesign characters and they sort of, they didn't use the same engine, but you can still see the game in the same style. It's still being developed, but without the characters and all, without using any of the rights that belong to Hasbro or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the game they have that's in development at the moment, it's just, it's incredible because they're no longer constrained by having to fit everything within the My Little Pony universe or whatever. And they've got, they can just make these new characters. And it's just actually, it's great to see. And I feel that that sort of that 
and D letter was like a blessing in disguise in that regard because it just let them sort of flex their creative muscles and make a better game in the end. Now I have a question that it's a fighting game, yeah, right? It's fighting game. Now, I don't know anything about My Little Pony. <laughs> Does that disparage the brand of My Little Pony? Actually, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking because I have no idea. I don't know anything <laughs> about this. I think they do fight, don't they? They do fight, and you know, if you watch right. if you watch the game itself, it's like uh, there's no blood or anything. It's it's something that. If if you had taken the animation and everything, it wouldn't look it absolutely would not look out of place in the TV show itself, and at least from what I can tell, because I do not watch this television show. No, but come on, uh, now, listen. Uh-huh. You could you could be open with our audience <laughs> if you watch it. That's fine. My nephews and nieces watch it, and it lets me bond with them. I'll just I'll she leave it there. It. That's what she's saying. She's saying like I watch it every week. I no, no, no. Um, in any case. Um, yeah, basically blessing in disguise. And I feel if that CND letter hadn't been released, then we wouldn't have sort of this piece of original content that's currently being developed. Interesting. Yeah. Now, our final topic in the games industry involves one of my favorite games, Overwatch. Yay! Um, basically, Blizzard Entertainment, back in around late September, filed a lawsuit against uh, the German-based Bossland. Uh, they filed a copyright infringement claim related to the watch over tyrant cheat, which basically um, it allows cheaters to basically see where opposing team members are on a map at any point in time. It sounds a bit like a wall hack. And, and just to explain, like Overwatch is like a first person shooter, yeah. multiplayer, you can only really play online. Mm-hmm. And uh, you use different classes, and you're just fighting each other online, like team-based format. Basically, think of it as the new Team Fortress 2. Yes. I'm, I mean, maybe half our listener base. I'm going to probably say a quarter know what that is. <laughs> what? If, if you, team if, Fortress 2 is a big thing. Don't. <laughs> I feel like if you, if you knew what Team Fortress 2 is, you already know what Overwatch is. There's like, they, these circles are not like, they're within one another. Ah, uh, I the see. Team Fortress 2 Overwatch audience. Okay, good point. I see what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, in any case, Blizzard was claiming that these cheaters are making the game less fun for their players. Players are going to leave the game. This is thus like they've got like a competition claim, basically. Um... And you know, I have to say, I'm sort of all for this. I mean, anything that will stop basically 13 year old hackers that call me names, uh, kick them out of the game. Yeah. What did they call you? No, no. Really bad stuff? Yeah, re- really bad stuff, which we can't repeat on this podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> I apologize for my cousin doing that to you. But he's a very avid gamer. Uh-huh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't try to mess with him. Take away his controller. It's like he's like Sasha Vujicic. You. If you're facing him, you always think he's annoying. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's on your team, you're really happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically what it is. Oh, okay. Nick's reference for it. All right, cool. Um, now, sorry, the only sports I follow are esports. I'm assuming that was a sports joke you made? Yes, it was. Oh, oh. Nick's are a sports team. Oh, okay. Oh, oh wow. I'm so- oh, I no am not, no the record, I am not a New Yorker, so it's I mean, I'm excuse. It's my fault. We're talking about video games. <laughs> it's not fair for me to bring up basketball. Yes, please. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in Big that Z apologize. <laughs> I apologize, okay? Uh, okay. I apologize. All right. <laughs> sure, that's another reference I'm not getting. You have to Trump. explain this no to worries. me later. It's about the Trump tapes. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> and then about case, that tyrant cheat. <laughs> yes, about that tyrant cheat. Um, 
this is actually not the first time sort of Blizzard's had to deal with this sort of thing. I think they've actually gone after this these cheat makers before, but that was in relation to World of Warcraft. Um, that claim is still ongoing, to my knowledge. Um, uh, I think both claims are actually going to be heard, or have been heard, by Germany's highest non-constitutional court. Um, and, like, actually, I remember that was part of the reason I quit playing World of Warcraft, is that... Um, Those cheaters. Not necessarily... I don't know if you can even call them cheaters, but, I mean, their whole gold mining thing went out of control. I don't know if you know about that, but... The in-game currency got crazy? And then the in-game currency got crazy, but it's not necessarily that. It's that you'd actually have, like, these bots that would go around, like, killing mobs, and they were running on a script, so they... They were basically killing them at a rate that no human being could do, and they weren't leaving the mobs around for actual players to kill. And they leveled up quicker. They leveled up quicker. You couldn't complete your quests. All in all, it wasn't fun. And, you know, some, if a game's not fun, you're going to stop playing, unless it's like Destiny or something. Oh, man. <laughs> that, oh, that, that hurt. That hurt. That hit hard. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Oh, my God. These shots right now. So, yes. Destiny does feel like a chore most of the time. So I don't know why I go back, but mm-hmm. I'm always going back. Mm-hmm. I think one day I'll just nod. I'll just put it down for good. Okay, yeah. It's like, it's like I'm like an addict. That, yes, game. that's what the addicts say. You need to go to rehab. I mean, I'm doing it with Overwatch, trying to do these Halloween costumes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I think I managed to unlock, what was it? Who's the... What was it? Junkrat's friend. No, wait. Um, Did you get... The uh, Roadhog one? Roadhog one, yeah. I'm yeah. Actually, yeah, no, I'm you actually, got the Frankenstein one? I got the Frankenstein one, That's the yeah. only thing I want in my life. Oh, that's the only one I I'm don't want. I want. I want what? Mercy's costume, actually. Why does everyone want Mercy's costume? I don't <laughs> understand it. Well, I was like, it's a witch, okay? For fan art purposes, actually. Oh, my God. But, but I'm just saying this. Mm-hmm. Reapers is cool, mm-hmm. but Roadhogs is awesome. Actually, I, quite, I bought soldiers. Mm-hmm. Now, in-game currency. I didn't uh-huh. put any real money into them. Wait, did you manage to buy? I thought the Halloween the Halloween costumes you couldn't buy yet. The Halloween costumes are three thousand for like Roadhog, Reaper, like the really big ones. Mm-hmm. But if for Soldier, Reinhardt, mm-hmm. and some of the lower ones, it's mm-hmm. seven hundred, seven hundred fifty, something like that. Oh, because even like the best custom skins initially were only like one thousand originally, yes. weren't they? Yeah, they made the Halloween ones three thousand for oh. everyone in the mode. So mm-hmm. Junkenstein, um, Roadhog, Reaper, and Mercy. Yeah, because I want I want Anna's costume and I also want her taunt where she like throws candy on people. It's, it's you know what's really cool is they have those uh, victory poses with the cemetery. Okay. Yes, so, actually, I, mean, I got mercy. I got divas. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I mean, I gotta get. I'm gonna try and save up enough to get Reinhardt's because that's seven fifty. He's mm-hmm. cold heart. I think uh, it is. That yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, the headless horseman or something. Sorry, we went on this nerd tangent. <laughs> For all you athletes out there <laughs> listening to the Knicks games right now at the same time, or something like that. Uh-huh. But um, ba- basically, I think anything getting rid of cheaters is a good thing. And it's interesting that you're saying a lot of these cases are happening in foreign jurisdictions. That's true. So, I mean, I don't know how much of an effect, even if they are successful, this is going to ha- have in the U.S. I mean, maybe it'll serve as a bit of a detriment, but until we actually have like a USA case... I don't see it making a huge difference. Now, there was an interesting um, case in the video game industry in California where, you know the game Gran Turismo? Yeah. That somebody was using, let's say, advertising trademarks within the game Mm -hmm. to make it more realistic because you have like the different, you know, races or speedways or whatever. And let me guess, they didn't get the permission of the... They didn't get the permission. um... 
-hmm. And they just used it. And the court mm -hmm. correctly dismissed the claim. Mm -hmm. Because you don't need to get permission. Mm -hmm. Because you can use a trademark and you're not really free riding. You're just making it more realistic. It's for artistic relevance. Oh, right? I see. And now this is all mm -hmm. a prelude, a precursor mm -hmm. to my note mm -hmm. being published in the most recent version of the IPLJ. Ah. You know, but one shameless self promotion. Shameless self promotion because this was it was Barag was the mm -hmm. Italian manufacturer. Uh -huh. Now I heard this um, case while it was on uh, Colin and Greg Live, kind of funny, one of my favorite uh, Twitch shows that I watch. They brought it up, and I was like, well, "This is fascinating. Maybe I'll write a whole note on it." Mm -hmm. And it goes into the unauthorized use of trademarks. Mm -hmm. So this happens. This happened in uh, Grand Theft Auto mm -hmm. with one of the strip clubs they were oh. making fun of. It was like an actual place. Uh -huh. And they use the name. Mm -hmm. And again, it was like thrown out, uh -huh. sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can, in video games, this is happening all the time, apparently, that you can use these trademarks within the game. Mm -hmm. And it's still fine. But that was just a little snippet for when we do the podcast on my note, because you know, gotta break all the records, gotta most downloads ever. This is how it works. It's like the Shameless. Apprentice Jr. over here. That's what it is. <laughs> But uh, so you have any plugs? Uh, I did my plug. you have any plugs? Uh, at the moment, no. Um, look out. I'm going to be probably doing an article on uh, or blog post on emulators because, as you know, Nintendo recently released, I believe, a virtualizer or something. Oh, that's good. And, that's and yeah, it's something that's sort of much demanded among people. And uh, emulation law has already been actually settled at this point. But uh, look forward to that. And I know you wrote the one on Cody. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cody and this probably be a couple weeks mm -hmm. um, by the time this one is posted. Oh, it's actually been but, posted already. No, I'm saying oh. this oh. episode. Oh, that okay. has been a couple weeks ago, oh, the Cody one. All right. So it's like, um, that was interesting. I know a lot of uh, pirate accounts on Twitter were liking it, mm -hmm. retweeting it. So good, you're getting a name in the pirate Oh, industry. yay! Congratulations, Yo ho! Um, yeah, uh, basically that was about uh, piracy and how the UK is now cracking down on Cody boxes and, oh sorry, Cody, bo Cody boxes and set-top boxes, so keep an eye out for that. You can look it up on the IPLJ blog. So yeah. At FordhamIPLJ.org. Yes. So yes, um, stay tuned for next week. I'm sure we'll have another interesting legal topic for all of you. Yay. See you later. See From you. Carnal that runs the online journal. <laughs>